is all wound up and he's ready to tell you. Been right in the ear for a week. Here with which foundation? Band or rock? Steve Andrews. Last week, had uh, had our granddaughter here from Missouri, and Sunday we took her back. And there's this thing; <laughs> they live in the country, and it's about a 30-minute drive from the main road to where you get to their to their house. And there's this little blue shack, or blue house, it's not a shack, it's actually a house. And that's kind of the where I, you know, I know to turn. All these roads all kind of look the same, they kind of go like this, and, and you're, you're, you're moving down this road. And, and so I, sometimes they, the places look the same all the way through. So I'm always looking for this, this blue house. So... I find the little blue house and I turn in there. And I, David bought uh, 37 acres and people that own the acres, they kept this three acres with this little blue house on it, thinking they probably might come back eventually to maybe for a weekend or something. But they live a long ways away, so they're probably never going to come back. Well, I hadn't, hadn't gone over there and looked at it. I just come by, you know, drive by and drive up there to where their house is and never never went down there. And I thought, well, I'd, I'd, I'll go down there and look at this house and see what it looks like. And I, <clears throat> well, I was kind of disappointed. When you, when you were away from it, it, it looks like it's kind of a nice little place. But when you get there, you realize it's all, the, the foundation <laughs> is crumbling. You walk around and you look at part of the house is sitting in, on the ground. Uh, you walk there and there's a, some, they look like they put it on blocks or on rocks and some of that is crumbling and cracking and you go around the other side and there's, it looks like it's, part of it's in pretty good shape. But for the most part, you realize that this would not be a livable place. Uh, too, <laughs> too much of this foundation has, has, has fallen apart. Well, at the same time that this is going on, David is deciding to build himself a house. So he's working the land and, and talking about putting in a foundation. So guess what's on my mind <laughs> this whole time that I'm doing it? I'm foundation, foundation. So, okay. The Bible talks about foundations and, uh, and how much how important it is. So I, I, I turned to, the first one that came to my mind was the one that J Jesus mentioned in, in Luke, the 16th chapter. Uh, actually, Luke, the 6th chapter. Sorry about that. I was going to say 16th, but it's Luke, the 6th chapter. Um, and in Luke, the 6th chapter, 46 through 49, And it's interesting that Jesus has an understanding 
foundations, an understanding of how certain things um, work, how, uh, and how, you know, if you build a certain way. So he understood building houses or, or things on foundations. And in, in verse uh, 46 it says, But why call you me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever com- whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who has dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when the flood arose and the the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Uh, And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how that the place where I work, we actually put piers down and set large rigs on rocks, <laughs> concrete, when it's cured, is a very strong rock. Depends on you know how you put it down, but it is a very strong rock. So we put large rigs on on concrete rocks. They put those piers down deep, and they find they try to find the bedrock as best as you can. Now we're when we were in in Owasso. Uh, it's like two feet down, so you don't have to worry too much. Uh, the limestone is very, very shallow there. We still dug, oh, maybe 20, 25 feet down and and put the piers in for the rig. But when we went to Hallett, and it's a lot different formation there, we had to go a lot deeper, sometimes 30, 35 feet to find them before we could put a pier down. But we're putting a large rig on it on a 180-degree thing, and we're needing to have a solid foundation to set this on so that we can actually move it and it doesn't, you know, tip over or anything. And the design that they've come up with is very, very, very good. You know that also the, the, the large tower downtown, uh, 60 stories or whatever it is, it's a very large tower. I remember when I was uh, working at Amico, they were actually working on that. I remember looking into the basement and these huge columns, I mean giant, huge columns. So they, these buildings sit on, on giant, huge columns that are set on bedrock, just as, you know, so that they'll have a sound foundation. So Jesus was saying these are the things that, that you have to have. If you're going to have something that's going to be able to withstand the weather, you're going to have to put it on rock. Then he says that he, uh, that he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built a house on the earth without, the form of, um, without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Now there's more to this. This is, you know, he's talking about physical things to give them uh, this understanding, but there's more to this. This stream that he's talking about is, is, is much, much more than what um, we need to understand that. So let's look at Matthew, the 16th chapter, because we do have 
of rock we build on. That rock is Christ. I read this before, and I'm going to read it one more time, and then we're going to go to another spot, and we're going to see who that, that rock is. And there's no other foundation that can be built. So in Matthew, the 16th chapter, and, and verse 18, and we're just going to read, just go over that um, one more time. It says, uh, Verse 16. He says, I, I say unto you, oh, actually, verse 18. 16, verse 18. He says, I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and he's pointing to himself, this rock, because Peter is a kind of a small, very small pebble, and yet the word rock is like a ledge, very, uh, a very solid ledge. I will build my church, and the gates of of Hades shall not prevail against it. In first, and I didn't give this to, to um, Brian, so I'm sorry, Brian. First, first, uh, first Corinthians, the third chapter, but I wanted to, to put this in, in this message before I got deep, deeper into what Jesus was saying about the, this, um, this foundation and how important it is for us to understand, especially the times that we're living in, how we need to have very strong, deep um, foundation of whether the storms that are coming are already here. So 1 Corinthians, the, uh, if I get over there, third chapter, 1 Corinthians thir- 3, beginning in verse 10. Apologize. Down here. Paul says, according to the grace which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and other and other uh, builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation, no other foundation can anyone lay than that is which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about these foundations and we're talking about the rock, we're talking about building a foundation on Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold or silver or precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of which sort it is. If anyone's work which he has uh, built on, it endures he will receive a reward. So that's important to understand. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And so we have a foundation, Jesus Christ, and the temple, and he dwells in us, and Father dwells in us. We have such a wonderful blessing that we understand that, that part of that, that uh, they are um, <laughs> very close. And we, you can pray 
anywhere, anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God is always there. I think he's always listening, and I know Jesus wants us to be able to pray, come to him. In Matthew, the seventh chapter now, this is where we're, we're going to focus today. And look at some things that Jesus said, and, and really think about the things that, are, that Jesus says here as he finishes up all this that, that he was bringing to the disciples, and it was so profound, 5, 6, and then the chapter 7, but I'm just going to, to, to end this in, in the end of chapter 7 here in the things that he's talking about. In 7, beginning in verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many, there are many that who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. There are few who find it. Now, throughout what we, the scriptures, it's quite profound that people don't see what we see. Um, and the things that we uh, are privy to, that we understand, it seems like people are just very uh, adamant that they don't want to listen to what Jesus says. We're coming up on, the, on one of the most important times, and that's the Passover. And you would think all of these churches out there would understand it. You would think they would understand how important this is. And yet, they have chosen to take something that is totally not in the scriptures at all and to worship on that. Jesus says, and Paul reiterates this, because he, in, in, and I want to go to that real quickly. Um, John was in this earlier. I just want to go over here and, and read this one, one part in verse 11, uh, in chapter 11. For I received, in, in chapter 11, verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and, did take, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the, bread, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. How important is the Passover? That Jesus says, it is so important. And in John, he says, if you don't partake of this, you have no part of me. And yet, in Christendom, this is ignored. And, or they do it every week. And yet, the example, the Passover was done once a year. And Jesus showed us the new emblems of the Passover when he was going to be betrayed that night that he was going to be betrayed. He gave us those emblems to keep year by year by year. And here it is. Paul re, um, reiterates that 
and helps us to understand how important that is. So we see, we'll go back here to, to Matthew, the seventh chapter. It is a narrow way, and there are many out there to proclaim Jesus that don't understand some of the very basic things that we understand and are, are teaching things that are not even biblical. In verse uh, 15, uh, you know, let's see, let's take it up through verse uh, Uh, let's begin. Uh, he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. For you will know them by their fruits. Uh, I think of the formal, former organization that I was a part of, and some of us here in this room were a part of, and how that they had built up and they were teaching all of the wonderful things that we understand and that we continue to teach here. They were, thousands were, were keeping the Feast of Tabernacles. Thousands were keeping the Passover. And yet, false prophets, false teachers came into the organization and began to teach false things. And those of us who understood, and there are a few of us in this room, we just came out of that because we understood that that was not what Jesus was preaching, was teaching. They were false. And sure enough, God took it down, was very displeased. Yet they had been teaching the truth for quite a long time. And a lot of us had learned a lot of wonderful truths through that organization. I, in a way, I've been blessed by that. Another way I saw that the, the demise was coming and the things were, were happening in that congregation in that group, in that uh, big uh, church, was beginning to, to, to crumble, and it was a very sad situation. And so that's what Jesus says. There, you have to recognize these. You have to understand. Beware of those false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits will you know them. And so, we always, <laughs> we always want to be aware. Even things that we listen outside, Think about their fruits. How, what are they teaching? What are they saying? And, and how are they bringing that message out? Some things are very good. Some things are, are very, uh, some of these ministers are very good with Christian living and, and those things. But you still have to be aware, just like commentaries. Uh, all of us have, have dug into commentaries over the past, and then you realize, no, that guy didn't seem to really understand this very well. Or in one area, yeah, he seems to understand it very well, and, 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 and so we, gain, we glean from it. Um, I've mentioned very uh, many times that we've used Dake's Bible because there's a lot of uh, good in it, but there's all, a lot of error in it also, and especially his commentary. I mean, it's just a straight King James Bible, but 
he has a lot of commentary in it, and he is a very was a, a very um, uh, Protestant preacher and teacher. So I, 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 I'm very hesitant to, to use it very often. Sometimes I will. This is a very serious thing, and, and everybody, especially during the time in which we come up to the Passover and and, and Sean was mentioning examining ourselves. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. I think it's important for all of us to think about this when we come into that. Father, I, I believe you are my Lord and Savior. I, I love what you, that you sacrificed your life for me. And I want to be in your kingdom. But Jesus gives us a warning. He says, Lord, it says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, those that do the Father's will. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I, will, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That last word is the important, most important part of, of what Jesus just was saying. They are practicing lawlessness when they preach things that are not biblical. When they declare certain things uh, to their congregations. And I, I encourage all pastors, you happen to to come across this, to, to search the scriptures, to really search what Jesus says and come to a better understanding. And, and if, if God is calling you, you will come to that understanding. Don't be afraid to change. Even though you might lose a congregation, you will gain a life. You will gain a life. It is important that you listen to what Jesus says and how he condemns lawlessness. He, he said, I didn't come to change the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill them. I came to, to make them fuller. So what does he do? He goes in and he talks about all of those things and makes them seem more difficult. You know? Adultery. Look on a woman, you've already... and. and Enlisted after you've already committed adultery with that woman. You haven't even said anything, even gone even nearer. Jesus puts it in a context that makes us understand how important the laws of God are. The Sabbath. He was the Lord of the Sabbath. And he kept the Sabbath, but he also helped us to understand that it's a day in which we're not to be you know, it's not a burden day, it's a, a joyous day. It's a time of rejoicing. It's a time of understanding the scriptures. It's a time to understand what he wants us to do in our own lives and how we need to, to, to overcome. It is a, it's a wonderful time to take and be with God, to listen to his words and read his words and to pray to him on that day and to to really come to understand how he loves us. And so, 
those that are practicing lawlessness need to understand what that is. Why their, their teachings and the things that they say are, are outside of what Jesus wants them to, to preach and teach. It says all scripture. All scripture. That was before any of this other was written. Paul was telling them it's beneficial for doctrine, reproof. So, and many of these ministers understand that. Many understand the scriptures. Some are reluctant because they might lose their congregation if they start preaching the Sabbath and the holy days. How important they are in, in the plan of God to understand those, to understand how important it is. This section, this last section, is called Build on the Rock. I wanna, what I really was thinking about is what Jesus says in here about the torrent of things that are going to come and why we need to have our foundation strong in the rock, the rock that is Jesus. He says, therefore, in verse 24, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Now why does he use this analogy? Why is this important that Jesus says this? Why is this rain and wind and, and all of the things that he's talking about, important for us to understand. <laughs> this, he, he's talking about a physical thing, but he's also talking spiritually. This wind, rain, the, the, the storms that come into our life, are what beats on us. And as these things are happening in the world, they're going to be closer and closer to us. You and me, in this church, in this congregation, and anyone that believes and, and, and confesses Jesus as their personal Savior is going to be, I don't know what, at odds with the world. I think that's a way to look at it. They're going to be at, at total odds with the world. It's already illegal. <laughs> and I can't hardly believe this. But in, I think it's England, a woman standing across the street, on public street, just standing there and praying gets arrested. And not even saying a word. She's just standing there and praying, and they come and arrest her because the people across the street saw her standing there and knew what she was doing. So they call the police, the police come, and they take her away. He comes back another time, they do the same thing. It's now a thought prep. <laughs> you get arrested for your thinking. You get arrested even if you're praying silently. It hasn't come to America yet, but it's close. It's getting closer. In Canada, if you don't pronounce the name of, you know, this dude who now wants to be a gal, properly, you can get arrested and put in jail. It, it's happened. Uh, teachers 
preachers, different ones, who've decided that this is ludicrous, it's stupid. To say, because you know that this guy who thinks he's a girl still looks like a guy, and he's still a dude, if you want to, you you understand what I'm talking about. And yet, he's, um, now he's, he's, up for being put into into jail. So if you're not strong on the rock in Jesus and the storm comes and begins to, to blow and 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 all of the you know what happens because we live in Oklahoma and you're not strong on the rock, it can give you uh, it can be very devastating because it can be just like this person that says, but if everyone he hears these words of mine and does not do them. Will he be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand? And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. It's interesting that he uses both analogies, both the rock and the sand. And we want to build our house, we want to build our spiritual house on the rock, Jesus Christ. But we also need to be checking to make sure that our foundation is not cracking, not having a little problem here and there, you know. Um, And if it is, we need to shore it up. We need to get closer to God. We need to make sure that our our foundation and, and, and everything is, is, is secure that we are really grounded in Jesus Christ. I guarantee you, if we begin to go just like Canada and Great Britain and Australia and all the ones that we kind of thought were uh, really strong Christian nations, Christian countries, who are beginning to, to move further and further away from Christianity and more and more towards Wokeism and all of the other weird, weird things that are you know, that are going on, and and this diversity stuff and the equity stuff and all of that that's happening, uh, and making it very uh, difficult for, for for Christian men who, who and women who want to live by God's word, they want to stand up to it, yet know that they may end up having to go to jail for it. Thankfully, we're still in America, and we're still having uh, some freedoms, and yet I know that it's beginning to have, uh, there's, there's a lot of things going on in which there's, these things are beginning to, to um, uh, have a problem. And he ended all of that that he was talking about, all of those things. And, and, and the people were astonished at what he said at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And so when we read Jesus and we look at our Bibles and they're written and read, we understand that that is the authority of Jesus Christ because God the Father was speaking through him, giving him the information, the understanding, and the truth. When you think this, this year, when, you're, when you come before God, you're praying for yourselves and you, you know, your examination and you, 
Maybe you've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and things. Understand that as his child, we will, we will go through those things. But we also understand that if we're building on the law, we have the assurance, the great and wonderful assurance, that we shall be in his kingdom. We will be a part of what he is doing. We should continue to build on that rock, Jesus Christ. We should continue to change our lives if we need to, to make sure that we are in compliance with what Jesus wants us to do. We need to make sure that our temple is cleared out this year, if there is still some, you know, um, some breadcrumbs in there that need to be cleared out, some sin that needs to be cleared out. I'm sure there is. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have that problem. We all need to, 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 to really um, search ourselves, search deeply. And the, the, the trials and tribulations that come upon us, they are things that, that uh, sometimes are very difficult to get through. And, and sometimes they we seem like they'll never get over. But God says that he is with us. He is living in our temple. He is with us, and he will guide us, and he will lead us, and he will give us the strength that we need to get through it. So, brethren, as we come upon the, these, these wonderful days, because we do understand them, we understand, and I think we still look through a glass darkly, but I think we understand them better than the rest of the, the world and the brother, better than the rest of the Christendom that um, are out there on the sunrise service and, or uh, hunting for Easter eggs and... and and rabbits, I, I think we understand them to the point that I think Jesus is happy with us, but never to the point where we are not a, where we shouldn't continue to, to, to work to overcome and, and to look at ourselves and examine ourselves, especially as we come up on the Passover, which is coming very, very quickly. And uh, I look forward to it. I hope all of us are looking forward to renewing our commitment to, to God, commitment to Jesus Christ through the Passover service, through the days of unleavened bread, and as those cycle begins to, to, to uh, reset itself, that we are committed again to believe and understand Jesus Christ is the rock that we are building on a very secure, very wonderful thing in our lives.